Waiver Wired is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook. You bet and you get with Caesars Rewards. Must be 21 or older. Week six of the fantasy football season is here. Jen Piacenti here with Eddie Murphy. It is the Waiver Wired podcast. Full disclosure, guys, we're recording this on Tuesday at 1230 and playoff baseball is on. My Astros are about to start and it's all I can do not to watch the game. I think it's going to be good for me because then I won't be stressing out because I'm a little nervous based on what happened to the Mets and how this game is already looking like an upset. This early game, the Phillies are up seven to three on the Braves right now. Um, Eddie, keep me on focus. Okay. Keep me on I track. know I have the game on. I can update if it's a monster inning, I'll update. Cause I know, you know, me and you both love baseball. It is a crazy time. I tweeted this before, like the giants playing meaningful football, Rangers puck drop and a potential Stanley cup season yeah. starts tonight. And then now you add in uh Yankees postseason, which, you know, base playoff baseball cannot be any more stressful. Um, you know, our team's <laughs> looking pretty good. They should be the favorites in these series, but it's, it's a very, very stressful time. It's a fun time. People say October's the best month and I get why they say that for sports but I just want to like puke everywhere I'm so nervous I I still I feel so bad for Mets fans you know because honestly the Mets were the better team all year and it irritates I mean like I love it about baseball that a team can get hot at a certain time like that's cool but I also hate it because the Mets were such a better team all year and I guess you can argue and say look they should have won their division then they had the chance down the stretch they should have played it wasn't just those three games wild card it happened before that but Man, and one of my fear is with the Astros game, I swear this is a football podcast, guys, we're going to get to it, um, is that the Mariners are getting hot at the the right time. And even though the Astros have a dom- I mean, and I mean dominated them, the way that the Dodgers have dominated the Padres, anything can happen like we saw happen with the Washington Nationals, who just happened to get hot at the right time in 2019, ousted the Astros from the World Series. And this team is pathetic. Look at, look at the Nationals now, right? Like everything about it is messed up. Anyway. Totally. I can talk forever about baseball and what that means, but that's not why you tuned in. <laughs> it, it, it was crazy. Saying, people, but it's it's fine. I mean, you know, Sal's a Mets fan. He obviously right. runs EP. Like everyone, everyone. I'm is, mad at Harry because he he picked against the Astros. Uh, he picked the Mariners, and I know it's because of his Robbie Rilla, Robbie but Ray. I want to remind yeah. him that he has an ERA of over ten versus the Astros, and they're batting like four forty three. I don't think he's starting. He's probably moved to the bullpen, but I understand going all the way with Robbie Ray. I think he could be a, a piece of it. Um, if anyone knows about Harry, that it's too far, Harry. You can't pick Robbie Ray over the Astros. He, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that, Jen. But I mean, <laughs> it's Harry. It's Harry, him. Harry doesn't root for teams anymore. Harry roots for Robbie Ray and for Kirk Cousins. That's that's it. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, speaking of great games, there was one last night. Yes, and we deserved it because we had to sit through Thursday night football. <laughs> as bad um, as it you gets. Know, any- any surprises from last night? I guess the biggest surprise is just that, to me, the decision-making, I, I don't think the Raiders should have gone for two. Uh, yeah, the the I, I the aggressiveness. I know, like Derek Carr after the I game said he he liked it. He liked the call there. Josh Jacobs was. Ha- I mean, I guess talking about sh- shocks. Uh, maybe not really a shock that it is a contract year. Um, but Josh Jacobs, man, he looked awesome. And uh, you know, it was. I, I feel for Derek Carr because I think the Raiders are a team that's kind of snake, but they're definitely better than what their record shows. Um, they just happen to be in a really tough division. Had some tough losses. They're you know a team that's lost two games with like a seventeen point lead. But you're playing the Chiefs, so you almost kind of expect that. Yeah. 
that. Uh, Travis Kelsey, four touchdowns. I mean, turns out we, I expected maybe two touchdowns, not four. Uh, I mean, his, his yards and catches like per touchdown ratio is just like one of the right. funniest things. And, yeah. uh, you know, credit to well, Andy Reid. it's very Reed. similar to Taysom Hills, is it not? Very true. <laughs> yes, it is. It really is. Um, and yeah. credit, credit to Andy Reid for just, you know, the big story in the offseason was how can they adjust without Tyreek Hill? They're seeming to find a way. They just know how to get guys open and make uh, Mahomes deliver the football. Um, and on the Raiders side, obviously the loss of Darren Waller, who played like six snaps and left, it's frustrating for him because he's a guy with a new contract. You want him to be impactful. And this may not be fully fantasy football related, but the it could have impact on the road. Um, but the Chris Jones play on Derek Carr, I know that's like the number one thing everyone's talking about. He yeah. essentially took the ball from him, fell on him. I guess the fantasy spin is that we're favoring quarterbacks. You know, they're going to have an easier time in the pocket, more um, t- potential time for the offense to stay on the field, stuff like that. But I think that was uh, unfortunately bad, bad, bad call that kind of marred the entire game for yes. me personally. But it was a fun yeah. game. So I'm with you. I agree with you on that. Um, yeah, Josh Jacobs having an absolutely fantastic year. I think we were all concerned about how he would be used in the McDaniels offense because we thought he would probably use more of a committee and we wouldn't get to see the clear A back, but yeah. he is, and he's yeah. been dominant. Now, I happen to have five player props I published for last night's game. All five of them cashed, and the overcashed I missed on Kansas City covering, but – Eddie, what is the deal? I seem to only be able to pick the Monday night football games and the Thursday night football games. Like I'm locked in, like I got them. And these Sunday games are killing me. We both went six, eight and one. Now to be fair, I did change my pick to pick the jets, but somehow it didn't get on the graphic. So I'm just going to log my complaint there. We can blame meatballs for that. <laughs> we'll blame meatballs for that. Jen, it is it is really scary. Uh, you know, with I say like mostly everything in fantasy football, we're pretty much on the same track. And even our picks too, same record this week, same yeah. total record. Very, very spooky. Um, mm-hmm. I think my advice to you is somebody who struggled mightily in the first few weeks of this season is uh, for those Sunday day games, I just did the Costanza. They did the opposite of what I was normally picking. I was like, you know, I'm instead of picking with my brain, I'll go with my heart. And it kind of helped me for those a uh, couple, uh, you know, th- weeks three, weeks four, but it's it's tough. The NFL is still very wonky with you know offenses really struggling across the board here. Tons of parity. Everyone's talking about it. So much parity. Uh, it seems like the Chiefs and the Bills are kind of the cream rising to the top, but outside of that, it's a lot of. Um, it's tough. It's tough to make those picks, but so your prop bets. I mean, great job there. That's it's it's uh, not easy. Well, thank you. We should start trying to think about more prop bets for this podcast. Yes. Maybe I'll give out one or two for the Thursday night game. If, the thing is, we record a little early, so we don't have the most data. But I will tell you, I'm already looking at a Darnell Mooney player prop of over 44 and a half receiving yards, minus 110 uh, on Caesars. Um, basically, you know, we saw Justin Fields finally have a pretty good day last Sunday, you know, and if he hadn't had that rushing touchdown nullified, I think we should all be thinking about maybe adding him for the bye weeks, 208 passing yards, a touchdown. Darnell Mooney still seeing 25% of the target share, 350 targeted air yards. Now we know the Bears have the fewest pass attempts so far this season, only 88, which is ridiculous. But I think they're starting to get in the groove. And this week they're facing a commander's team that's allowed the fourth most receiving yards to opposing wide receivers. So Darnell Mooney should be able to clear that prop. Um, Who do you like in this game for Thursday night? I, it, it's 
I think what's funny is people, the last Thursday night game was so bad and people are going, oh man, we're going to get even worse one here with, uh, you know, DC versus the, the Bears. Uh, that, that stretch and that Bears Vikings game, I was like, okay, this is maybe what the Bears offense could do. Like they have Darnell Mooney mm-hmm. who made a heck of a catch. I mean, one of the, the best catches we've seen all season. Um, the guy's very, very talented. Cole Komet, uh, obviously I'm quite familiar with him, with him going to Notre Dame. His targets, uh, were, you know, they're slowly increasing. I think he was four for four in targets and catches there. And um, obviously, with the return of Singh, I mean, they look they look great. They're moving the ball. What let Fields throw the ball more? I like Chicago. I think last I checked, it was a pick 'em. I like Chicago in this one. There's all the reason why too. A lot of weirdness, turmoil going on with uh, the Commanders. Ron Rivera saying basically blaming Carson Wentz and having to retract it, then saying he doesn't regret acquiring him. Uh, I think what this all means, and we saw this already happen with Pittsburgh, it means that Sam Howell is going to be playing sooner rather than later. I mean, I do think there's those comments were taken out of context about Carson Wentz. If you look at the whole thing, I don't really think it was that much of a slight against Carson Wentz. I think he was saying basically they've had time to build around quarterbacks and we've been switching quarterbacks, Mm -hmm. but whatever, it came out poorly. And I think you're right that what we see in this game is kind of like divergence of storylines, like Justin Fields trajectories going up, Carson Wentz down. That being said, Carson Wentz still finished as like a top five fantasy quarterback this week. And I think he's going to continue to be in situations because of the negative game script. Now remember the commanders actually have the third most passing attempts on the season. So you've got like really opposite teams with opposite styles. Bears defense been a little bit better. Here's an interesting fact. In all three games where the commanders were the underdog, they did lose the game and they did not cover. However, the Bears have been favorites in only one game this season, and they won and covered that spread. Not a lot of data, but they're only favored by one and a half, which kind of says, like, in a vacuum, uh, Vegas thinks the commanders are better. Because you usually get three points when you're at home. I think on paper, their roster is better. And I think yeah, also, Warren, you've, got, yeah. you've got better weapons without, like, I mean, without a doubt. Right? And then also just because I think it's hard to kind of separate like how little they've passed the ball, the bears that is and, and how fields has looked. So it's not, not even entirely his fault, but he looked in net because they don't throw the ball. Their, 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 their blocking has not been great. He's, he scrambles very, very quickly. Um, again, looked much better in this Vikings game. Uh, their rushing attack would also been great. So I, I think, you mentioned it, like Fields' trajectory is going up. I think there's a lot of weirdness going on with the commanders. I like the Bears' rushing attack. I think the Bears' defense isn't miserable. Um, I, I do like the Bears in this game. I think the Bears will – I'm not sure if we're going to – for fantasy purposes besides their running backs, I'm not sure. And you mentioned Mooney. I think Mooney is the guy. Uh, Komet hopefully continues his, his production there if they let him throw the ball more, and they have to because at this point, why are you not throwing the ball? But I, I think this is a game the Bears uh, could win and kind of maybe go on a mini-streak mini here. They'd look a lot better on offense. I do too. I think it's possible. And I think that Justin Fields is a sneaky waiver wire ad because he's kind of been disappointing. And if he can continue to perform it like this, he can be useful, certainly at least through bye weeks. You may have Jared Goff on a bye this week, or you may be just worried about Russell Wilson or Matt Stafford, and you may want to roll the dice uh, because it is a good matchup versus Washington. This would be a good shot for him to have a good fantasy day. So definitely think about that. We'll talk about waiver wire pickups throughout the show. Um, but I want to say again that this podcast is a for the people, by the people podcast. So we're going to basically let you guys control um, what we talk about or you're going to contribute. And so I always put out a tweet in the morning of the show reminding you that we have a mailbag and we got some great questions this week. 
And what we want to make sure we do on this podcast is answer the questions you have. And they're great questions, questions about AJ Dillon, questions about Najee Harris, questions about who is droppable. That's what we're going to try to address today. So we'll, we'll kick it off right now with some news. And then we're going to go through and talk about some of these questions that we had, some themes. There's so much to talk about. We're going to pack it into the show. Let's start with the fact that you mentioned already Darren Waller left Monday Night Football with a hamstring. The tight end position continues to be very, very tricky to navigate in fantasy football. And one player that we saw for the second week in a row go absolutely off was Taysom Hill. Now, there is no other quarterback, I'm sorry, tight end (laughs) in this league who's actually a quarterback, which means his ceiling on a week-to-week basis is going to be so much higher than any other tight end you're going to have that's getting three or four targets. Now, right now, the situation is perfect for Taysom Hill because Jameis Winston has is injured. He's banged up. They're using Andy Dalton, and they're and I believe he's now lined up 24 times at quarterback Taysom Hill. I'm not sure he's even ever actually played tight end this year, even though he's listed as a tight end. It could be like the biggest scam of all time. Being put on by the Saints and or whatever sports book you're playing with. <laughs> but it also works to your advantage. So I do think it is time to go ahead and put in Taysom Hill because of the ceiling. Like for me, like I have a leak with Dalton Schultz and Taysom Hill. And at this point, I have to start Taysom Hill because Dalton Schultz's knee injury is too big of an issue. And they're just not going to him right now with Cooper Rush. Now, whether that's the injury or the Dallas Cowboys, you know, it's Taysom Hill is somebody you have to pay attention to. And if you lost Darren Waller and you can grab him, I would put my claims in. Don't blow your budget. Put a claim in. It's, I mean, such a weird stat line to look at at Taysom Hill. Like, he's one for one in passing, uh, one completion, one touchdown, 22 yards. Then you have his rushing ability, like 21 carries, 228 yards, five uh, rushing touchdowns, and then uh, one target, one reception, two yards. Like, he's doing a little bit of everything, but mainly rushing. And uh, I'm with, I mean, that, that Saints offense is very strange, too. It just seems like Hill is going to be the guy if they get within the 15, the 10, inside the 10, like, Alvin Kamara has zero rushing touchdowns. He has zero touchdowns on the right. year. And I Hill's mean, that's the guy. The next so, thing, right? Yeah. This is affecting Alvin Kamara's value. And yes. Alvin Kamara has been this was this was Alvin Kamara's week. And if you're an Alvin Kamara coach, you are unhappy. <laughs> I'm, yes. I'm gonna say it nicely. You're unhappy with the use of Alvin Kamara now. What is it about? Is it about his injuries? Is it about they don't trust him? I don't know. But Alvin Kamara is not being used the way that we would expect him to be used. And instead, Taysom Hill seems to be soaking up everybody's job. The running back job, the tight end job, the quarterback job. The guys only run 14 routes this season and caught two passes. Yeah, But he's the tight end three on the season because (laughs) they're scheming for him. And there's no other tight end in the league that could end up playing quarterback on any given week. So it's always a gamble at that position. So to me, if you don't already have Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews, certainly at least as long as Jameis is banged up, I I think Taysom Hill is an ad. Without a doubt. And especially if you're somebody like me, if you had, um, you know, Dalton Schultz, I liked a lot. Obviously, he's been he just re-aggravated an injury. And then you have the okay. Darren Waller injury like we, we spoke about. So there's enough guys that you you definitely spent decent draft capital on. I think Taysom Hill is a perfect uh, compliment. Like I said before, he's the guy getting the touchdowns if they're inside there. Um, you know, Kamara is not the guy. There's uh, definitely a fair amount of question marks at quarterback. So Hill's doing a little bit of everything. Like I would feel pretty comfortable that he's going to get the ball in his hands in a, a few scoring scenarios. 
Now, some very, very disappointing news uh, for Seahawks fans. Rashad Penny out for the season. This is a heartbreaker. Look, we know this kid is prone to injury, but come on, a broken leg. Uh, this is just brutal. And he's so talented. And he was just getting on track. I know we called the touchdown, the Rashad Penny touchdown last week. And, and he he did it versus the, the Lions, by the way, always play that touchdown for the running backs versus the Lions. Um, so now, obviously, Ken Walker Jr. is the smash ad. And I know he's not available in a lot of leagues, but if he is available in your league, if you're in a 10-team league or a 12-team league where someone got frustrated early and dropped him, you need to put in a big bid because he is a league winner. We know how the Seattle Seahawks like to run the ball. And with the emergence of Geno Smith... There's going to be even more potential for this run game to be important because they're going to have to worry about actually stopping Geno Smith. Now, if you're concerned about DJ Dallas coming in for the passing downs, don't be because the Seattle Seahawks don't throw to their running backs. <laughs> they just don't. It's like the league worst target rate. Yeah, um, I'm yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that it's it's always like you know you have, they say DJ Dallas with the passing downs, but Kenneth Walker is going to be the guy, and they go and sign Tony Jones too, or they claim them off uh, waiver wires, um, and that like I I know they have to do it for like roster uh, number purposes, but you hate to see and then go pick up another running back. Like we don't need a third guy in the mix, especially when there's a clear cut number one guy now to re, you know reap the rewards, and that is Kenneth Walker. There's a reason why they drafted him, the reason why he you know he was awesome at Michigan State, one of the Heisman candidates. So I, I expect big things from him uh, and this team. We were Rashad Penny fans, so it stinks to see him go down. But uh, I think Kenneth Walker will be, like you said, league winner. He'll be a guy that will, I think eventually will become a household name just because of the, his college tape was just too good not to be too good. And like you said, the biggest thing is Geno Smith now, you know, they, they did lose, but, you know, he's moving the ball again. It, DK Metcalf wakes up. Like, it just seems like they're, um, they're the offense is working a lot better than we thought. And it stinks to see Rashad yep. Penny go down, but they have a most definitely capable guy right there in Kenneth Walker. So if he's still available, I know some of my leagues, he surprisingly was available. I put in claims. Uh, I'm crossing my fingers. I hope I get him because he's going to be great. Tyler Lockett getting in the end zone for the first time this year too. And that yes. was beautiful for a few of my fantasy rosters. Cause I liked him because he was going for such a value. Um, I didn't expect a lot. I had low expectations. So it's nice when they overperform instead of underperform, which seems to be more of the theme this year. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Geno Smith, can we just talk about Geno Smith? He what? is He's for real, guys. He was the QB4 this week. He threw for another 268 yards and three touchdowns versus a tough Saints defense, right? We were all like, okay, pick him up, but maybe you don't start him. Yeah, no, start him. Just start him. Just start Geno Smith from now on. Because right now, Geno Smith is putting up way better numbers than Russell Wilson, than Matt Stafford. He's actually the QB6 on the season. And get this, not only does he lead the league in completion rate, he has the highest passer rating. He's higher than Patrick Mahomes. It's insanity. And this week it gets Arizona, okay? Eighth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. So if you're streaming, if you need a replacement for Jared Goff, or if you're just frustrated, you're just frustrated with Matt Stafford, you're just frustrated with Matt Ryan. By the way, you can probably drop Matt Ryan. Um, We are going to have to start making cuts now, guys. And remember, as we get into bye weeks, you're going to have to make some tough decisions. You're going to have to make some tough cuts, That also means your opponents are going to have to make some tough cuts. Look 
every week at who gets cut and think a little bit ahead because there could be some pretty good talent that has to get cut because people are in a situation because they have four receivers on by for the same week and they had to cut, you know, Josh Reynolds or somebody that might be worth picking up. So be sure you keep an eye on that as we go through these bye weeks. Yep. And just to echo what you were saying, like I'm I'm all in on Geno Smith. I think what maybe scared people, obviously the week two game versus San Francisco really had like, you know, barely over 10 points. But the real story of that is just that the 49ers defense coached by D'Amico Ryans is probably maybe the Cowboys, but probably the best unit in the entire NFL. They're amazing. Um, Every game, Geno Smith's had two or more touchdowns besides that one game week two, uh, three touchdowns last week. Only, you know, two interceptions on the season. He's completing a ton of, like you said, the best completion percentage. Um, that's great. And especially if leagues that some leagues have weird numbers, you know, weird stats with uh, completion. So I, I think that he is definitely an ad uh, start. I mean, he's a top 10 quarterback right now. And, you know, we just talked about it. The uh, the receivers with Lockett and DK Metcalf, they're coming alive. And I, I don't think the running game will take a hit with Kenneth Walker. So I think you don't have to worry about everything being relied on Geno to make, uh, you know, and he's a veteran. It's, it's this, this year has been very strange for quarterbacks and he's a guy that just sat and waited around I know he's we talked about it in the past like wasn't great in either New York team but he's just comfortable here and it's working out for him and we don't have to be afraid of the name of starting Geno Smith who was a punchline he's now a, a more than viable starting fantasy quarterback looks like Cal Ra- Raleigh was the RBI Mariners are up early one nothing versus Justin Verlander I am unhappy I picked the Astros by one and a half because they've covered the run line in every single game Verlander started versus the Mariners this year but it's okay we have time we were smart we didn't bet the under just in case Logan Gilbert gives up a lot of hard contact like like he's bottom three percent in the league okay sorry I went to a baseball podcast there all right back to football um okay Other big news today, Devontae Adams potentially facing a suspension for pushing a camera guy. Um, I I think maybe maybe he'll get a suspension for a game. As far as like any kind of charges and all this, I don't know about all that. It it feels like – I mean, the the camera guy did the right thing, right? If you get pushed, you do go to the hospital. What if something does happen? You have to cover your own butt. Or maybe he's looking for money. Who knows? Could be any of those things. The whole procedure happened when he should not have pushed the camera guy. But honestly, in that frustrating moment and all of that, it's it's not a great look, but I don't see this being. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there should definitely be no uh, criminal consequences there. Uh, yeah. I, maybe he's just kind of following suit after the, you know, the, the protests around the night football uh, in, in San Francisco, you know, by contacting the police. I think. You know, it was good that Devontae Adams did apologize, kind of, uh, post-game. Uh, I was watching that interview. <laughs> yeah. He was like, he basically said he's sorry, but I think he was kind of alluding to that he, the guy just came at, like, he wasn't in his vision, and last second he kind of jumped in front of him. I don't think the camera guy even saw Devontae Adams either. He was trying to move out of the way, and it was just wrong place, wrong time. They both kind of slammed into each other, and uh, I think also that clearly Devontae Adams was very, very pissed off. He was angry um, the way that game went down. you got to remember that he had that catch – that like 16 yard pass he caught they said he would did not have control of it and his, his feet yep. weren't in uh i think if we you know this was the nfl maybe 15 years ago that's clearly a catch this game could have turned out differently um he did have the touchdown so he he is a guy that clearly cares he's tired of losing these games these frustrating games that the raiders should be winning like we just talked about so um if he does miss a game that will 
that it's going to be unfortunate for Derek Carr, uh, obviously, because you might miss uh, Darren Waller as well. But personally, if I was the commissioner, I don't think I would suspend him. Maybe a fine or something, but I Same. don't know if I would. I don't suspend him. I'm with you. So don't panic, Devontae Adams owners. I, I think we might be all right here. Um, T. Higgins is day to day with a sprained ankle. Can I just? Can I just? I am so angry about the T. Higgins thing. <laughs> For Sunday night football, uh, I definitely lost a matchup because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not. I get it. Like you have to keep your game plan undercover, or whatever. But like, sports books are going to smash every time when that happens, and it just doesn't feel fair to those of us. He he saw like ten. He played like ten snaps, zero yards, nothing. I mean, and we're betting the over on sixty-seven and a half receiving yards because if he's healthy and he's playing, he's smashing that prop. Mm-hmm. Um, so very frustrating that it didn't feel like that was, I- I'm sorry for anybody that lost your matchup because I'm with you. <laughs> I needed like one catch. I literally needed one catch from T Higgins and I would have won matchup versus Roday, James Roday. So now, um, you know, the amount of talking I'm probably going to have to take. Friend of a uh, friend of the show there. I mean, friend T Higgins is a guy you have to, you have to start because like he's T Higgins. He's been, you know, had a bunch of, you know, 10 targets, seven targets, nine targets. So he's been, he's been effective. And even though the Bengals have not really wowed us. So it's just, it's uh, that's like when the NFL becomes like the NHL where they keep their injury, like the status very disclosed. They don't want anyone to know he suits up. Is he suiting up because he's playing? Is he suiting up because he's a decoy? Is it like a game of pure game time decision where he's going to just test it out on the field? And it kind of seems like what's, kind of what happened and just wasn't good enough. And then you get a, a big old goose egg. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm sympathizing for all the, the T Higgins uh, uh, coaches there. Yeah. And so like, I don't even know what to tell you. If they tell you he's probably playing, I don't, it's like, do you play him? Are they going to do the same thing? I don't know. We're just going to have to keep an eye on the practice report, see how much he's practicing, I guess. Uh, Bateman may return this week. I think it might be a little early to start Bateman, um, even if he does return, but we shall see. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after this quick break. Caesar, Cleo, the Mannings, Henrik Lindquist, and now yours truly, yes, Waiver Wired is now a proud member of the Caesars Empire. And your very first bet, it's on Caesars, up to $1,250. If you win, congrats. If you don't, you'll get it back as a free bet. That bet also gives you a thousand tier credits and a thousand reward credits, putting you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. So download the app and use promo code Caesar Full C Z R F U L L and go full Caesar this season. Twenty one plus, nineteen plus in Ontario. Must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana. Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ontario, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. No one to stop before you start. Gambling problem, Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Or Maryland, visit MarylandGamblingHelp.org. That's MDGamblingHelp.org. Or visit West Virginia. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call one 800 Next step, Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, 
Kansas affiliated with the Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. That's B-E-T-S-O-F-F. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877 877- Eight Hope and Y or text Hope and Y. That's four six seven three six nine. Ontario, visit C O N N E X O N T A R I O dot C A or call one eight six six five three one twenty six hundred or text Con X. That's C O N N E X two two four seven two four seven. Tennessee. Call or text Tennessee Redline at 1 800 889 9789. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Okay. Huge news. Matt Rule is fired in Carolina. So, you know, interestingly, Christian McCaffrey has actually been performing like a first round running back lately. It's been good. So hopefully that doesn't change. I think the biggest question is, will we finally see something out of DJ Moore? Because at the same time, all this is happening, all these coaching changes, Baker Mayfield's out for two to five weeks with a high ankle sprain. So we've got PJ Walker under center. As a Cowboys fan, I have fantasies that they're going to call up and get DJ Moore on our squad. Mm -hmm. He's going to take that Amari Cooper role. Oh my gosh, I would just, I would die. That would be my birthday's this week. Can I ask for that? You can. Yeah. I'm going to ask for that. See what happens. Um, But overall, how are you viewing this Panthers offense? What are you doing with that? Are you still sitting DJ Moore? I mean, it's so hard to sit in when he's so talented and certainly through bye weeks, but man, it's just, it's so uncertain. I think it's safe to drop Robbie Anderson at this point. Um, and, And that's about all you can do. Yeah, they're you know they're they are getting. Last I saw, it was like eleven points uh, versus the Rams. The clearly the Panthers were their third string quarterback. I I think if you have DJ Moore, this may be the last. Like it's a good test week because I think if the Rams are going to be smart, they're going to say, "Hey, like you just mentioned, Chris McCaffrey's playing pretty well." Um, Let's do everything we can to stop him because we take him out of the game. Let's see what PJ like. PJ Walker isn't going to beat us. PJ Walker isn't going to be the guy that's going to throw the ball for three hundred plus yards and, and um, beat the Rams. Wait, wait, hold on. One might think that, but yet Cooper Rush is the guy that beat Matt Stafford. 
I so, think I think Cooper Rush is. I, I just gonna say, I, I not every like backup is gonna be Cooper Rush level, and I think I I, I just. Uh, to me, if I don't, I don't see PJ Walker being the guy that's going to be able to beat the Rams. I think this offense has to run through McCaffrey now with him out, and I think if the Rams are smart, uh, they're going to do what they can to stop uh, number twenty-two. And I think if you have DJ Moore, this is a good chance to to see he may have more of an open field. I think the box will be stacked. He may have a little bit less pressure on it. It may be a good week to see what he could do if he does nothing again this week. Then I think it's time not only probably to move on from him, but I think the Panthers overall should probably look I mean there's been some Twitter rumors about DJ Moore and some Twitter rumors about Christian McCaffrey I think it would be smart for them to just kind of blow this thing up and just start fresh because this Panthers roster right now is not really uh they're not going to be competitive for quite some time well they've said they are absolutely not training trading Christian McCaffrey but then again remember when the Seahawks said they weren't trading Russell Wilson and like five days later a dude was packed and gone to Denver which front offices lie all the time and I just don't see what having a big money running back on your team is going to help you you just need to you got to hit the explode button and just start again so um we got a lot of questions this week about Najee Harris and um I actually think now is the time to buy low on Najee Harris. And I know some people will disagree with me, but this week was versus Buffalo with the new quarterback under center. I don't know what kind of expectations we have for Najee. Now, I know that Jalen Warren has been more efficient. but Mike Tomlin's pretty loyal and likes his bell cow. And one of the good things I did notice, if you believe in Najee Harris and you, and you believe in the talent, is that he got targeted more. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to get targeted more with Kenny Pickett. And and let's be honest, what made Najee so valuable was the fact that he also had a lot of targets. It wasn't that he was like the most efficient runner. It's that he got it all. Mm-hmm. He got the targets. He got the opportunity. And I think there is a possibility that he'll have a lot of opportunity. Unfortunately, this week, he's facing the Bucks, which is also a terrible matchup, or at least – it should have been. I'm not sure what happened with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but um, it's not a good matchup. So I, I kind of feel like this could be a time to go out and potentially get Najee Harris, not start him, but see how frustrated the Najee Harris owner is. What are your thoughts on this, Eddie? Well, uh, I am somebody who was all in on Najee Harris this year for a number of reasons, and I kind of predicted this Kenny Pickett um, transition to him for him to take over, and I did think it would help, uh, as I said in the podcast a few times. Um, I draft, One league I drafted him, I believe, fifth overall, and another league I traded for him. I did buy low, I believe, in between weeks two and weeks three, um, and he hasn't really done much. I mean, we we're just talking about his stats. I think the alarming thing, number one, is just one rushing touchdown only. Uh, he, and I, he does have a uh, receiving touchdown. The 13 receptions on 15 targets is nice. Uh, if that continues, that's great. Um, and we know what Najee's about. And he's not a guy that he, he just, his usage was a ton. It was, he had the ball in his hands a, a ton, but wasn't getting a large chunk on the ground. His yards per carry were very low. And that is a little bit alarming. And I, do you know they have a tough schedule? Like they have a very, very tough schedule upcoming. But I, I do think when it's said and done, the positive is that Kenny Pickett is still able to move the ball through the air. You have to respect his arm and his talents more so than Mitch Trubisky, which ultimately makes things a little bit easier for for Najee. But if they're going to be down in games, you know, like they were versus Buffalo, then that's something you worry about. I mean, obviously he'll, he can get some dump offs and get some chunks on the ground like that, but. There, there won't be many games where he's going to have 20-plus carries if they're losing by three scores. So that is one thing I'm afraid about. Um, right now, 
I'm I'm teetering on like, am I an idiot for drafting him and am I an idiot for trading for him? But I could definitely see your points as to why you should feel, you know, maybe buy low on him because he is a talented player and he I, I do think with Kenny Pickett, the Steelers offense should get better as weeks go on. And that being said, if you're the Najee Harris owner and you just don't want to deal with making the decision whether or not to start him every week, maybe just see what go shop him, see what you can get. Sure. Um but we are going through bye weeks here and there are going to be times when Najee Harris is going to be a good start because that's what you'll need to do. Um, not a good matchup this week as I suggested, but another question we got coming in, um, was actually about AJ Dillon. Now, can you read that question to me, actually, Eddie? Yep. Uh, it's coming in from uh, at McBreeze11, just asked how concerned should we be about A.J. Dillon? So I think this is a great question, and I want to say not at all, because you should have drafted A.J. Dillon to be exactly what he is, which is part of a committee and probably the 40% part of the committee, not the 60% part of the committee. And I think what might have gone wrong is everybody got really hyped up the same way they did about Javante Williams, right? Then you always knew it was going to be a committee and started pushing A.J. Dillon a little bit up draft boards. But to me, A.J. Dillon was always going to be a flex choice. Now you break it down and it's almost exactly evenly split on a per game basis for carries. Um, in the past two games, AJ Dillon has 23 attempts to Aaron Jones's 29, not too far off, right? Jones has been the more efficient runner, but AJ Dillon's still averaging 4.65 runs per carry. So I do think over the course of the season, there's still going to be games where AJ Dillon pops off. In general, this Green Bay offense is bizarre. <laughs> like, uh, is it Alan Lazard? Um, is it Randall Cobb? Is it Romeo Dubs? I don't know. I think they're going to be like the Chiefs. And on any given week, any guy could pop off. And like, you know, if you're hedging your bets, you'd probably go a little more towards Lazard and Dubs. But what if it's another Randall Cobb game? And even if they have a run Randall Cobb game, what if they still lose to the New York Giants? Mm-hmm. What's yep. up with the Packers? I the pack. I have Aaron Rodgers on one team. I think it all this AJ Dillon question is kind of still related to Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah, you know, a big prediction that a lot of us had was like, are they going to transition to this powerhouse rushing attack where it's it's AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones and their defense, which we thought was going to be pretty good, but. I mean, the way the Giants ran the ball over them, they have not been great. Um, Rodgers just hasn't been himself. Like, he hasn't been a 300 – like, he has not thrown for 300 yards once this season. All of his games are pretty similar. Like, uh, 234 yards passing, two touchdowns, 255, two touchdowns, 251, two touchdowns, 222, two touchdowns. Like, he's just been that pretty much for the – besides the week one game, which was very, uh, very odd. I mean, three picks this early, not really Rodgers-like. And uh, for some reason, though, they're, just, they're still putting the ball in his hands without that dynamic or receiver and I think like you're saying like AJ Dillon is not really wild but he's been consistent and he's and he has his yard per carry has been fine so I just think that they do need to say listen pal Aaron like you're you're getting up there in age we don't have the the targets like the receivers the weapons there yet but we have these two great running backs this two-headed monster we have to start controlling the clock and we're going to just give them the ball and I think once they transition towards that 
um, then you'll see, you know, Dylan uh, be a, a more impactful player. Um, you know, th- that was a game, the Giants game, you know, they were an eight point underdog. Like there was no reason the Packers should lose that game. I guess you could say heading to London, the travel schedule got to change things around. But then you go and even read like stuff in the locker room and how like Jair Alexander said, you know, we're, you know, good team. We shouldn't have lost that. And Rodgers is fighting him back in the media. Um, maybe there's just some stuff going on in there that they're not everyone's not gelling and he's made remarks before about the receivers. So I just feel like this, this offense, this team is kind of in this weird mess because they went from Super Bowl contenders to like kind of like an afterthought. And uh, I think it all kind of goes back to Rogers, which I think is negatively affecting these running backs. What do you think about DJ Moore to green Bay? That they need him. I mean, it's a great move. I mean, mm-hmm. I know the, the Odell Beckham, the Odell Beckham thing came up again. He was Rogers asked about it because uh, before he's going back Odell, to Rams, please. Allen Robinson, twelve percent target share. Come on, he may, but I, I wouldn't. You know, but he he was asked about it because uh, Odell considered them before. You know, signing with the Rams last year, and I, I think Rogers definitely they, he needs a guy, and it, it's just going to help if he gets a guy like that. I mean, DJ Moore would be phenomenal. It will help out the the running back scenario. I just think that um, Rodgers is not going to do the, the, the his precision passing offense thing. It's not going to work with the guys they have, and uh, I think teams are smarting it up. They're going to kind of stifle these running backs from from really creating. They have to just transition to a power running team, and um, I guess it's easier said than done when their defense is performing a little bit better. Yeah. Um- yeah, I agree. It's an interesting situation and it's frustrating for fantasy um, and even frustrating for those who have Aaron Jones as their right. fantasy quarterback. But hang with it. Um, I don't think you do anything with A.J. Dillon. I do think his time will come. I think he's going to pop off in certain games. He's going to be like a Tony Pollard, right? You're going to randomly get great games and sometimes you're you're not. And it just is going to be what it's going to be. I think we get so excited about predicting these huge Break up. We see the talent. We see that Javante Williams is more talented right now than Melvin Gordon. We think he's going to be around one. And obviously, we're kind of taking Javante Williams out of this equation right now because he is injured and done for the season. But even still, before that, he wasn't returning first round value, which is where he was getting drafted. And that's simply because his upside was capped by the committee. And it's the same with AJ Dillon. I think that's what we should expect is he's going to be good and he's going to have good games. He's going to have bad games. Um, I'm really upset right now about the Seattle Mariners leading the Astros three to nothing versus Justin Verlander. And I hope that everybody's, um, Cy Young votes are already in because I have a bet on that, that Sal bet for me, uh, for him to win the size. So anyway, um, back to football. <laughs> it's early. Don't worry. Don't worry. As much as I wanted to it's say, early, I despise the Astros early. and Verlander. It's, it's early. I think you guys will be all right. We mentioned Allen Robinson. I think it's okay to drop Allen Robinson if you need to at this point. Sure. It just doesn't look good. The Rams offense itself doesn't look very good. Matt Stafford did look a little better this week. His elbow looked okay. Um, Cooper Cup continues to deliver every single week. Cam Akers, I mean, I don't know. They promoted Malcolm Brown. He wasn't effective running. He had a few good runs, and then he had a bunch of negative yardage plays. But it seems like they're kind of want it to be Acres now, doesn't it? Yes, yes. It, it, it seems like they're trying to give Acres the the chance. Um, like he, you know, impressed us all late last year. Then obviously all the nonsense happened the first few weeks and the, the war of words between him and McVeigh. And it seems like they're like, okay, well, Acres is the guy because neither like Darrell Henderson or Akers, like neither of them are really grabbing that job. It's actually I tweeted when the whole rule firing thing happened. I was like. They should trade. I don't know how they could do it. Les Snead could circumvent the cap again and move draft picks. But, you know, the Bills were linked to McCaffrey. But I I think the Rams need McCaffrey. The Rams need a solid rushing game. 
to then make life easier for Matt Stafford, especially Stafford coming off yeah. the elbow injury. It's only going to take time to make him better. Um, Cooper Cup's always going to be Cooper Cup. He's always going to do his thing. And to tie this back to Allen Robinson, I mean, when like Ben Skoranek is getting like eight targets and Robinson's not, it's not, it's not a good thing at all. Um, you know, nice. Skoranek is like, he's run routes on 80% uh, of dropbacks from Stafford. It just seems, it's just very strange why he's not getting on the same page. But I, I do think a major thing is just a lack of a real running attack is making things difficult for the passing game. So they need to get a, a guy in there um, because, yeah, it's it's not not going the way we all thought. And I definitely think Allen Robinson, unfortunately, is just basically a decoy this year. Yeah, unfortunately, very unfortunately. Here's a question. Has Devonta Smith surpassed A.J. Brown? Um, he is getting more targets. Uh, we know they already had chemistry. But to me, this is, again, another opportunity for you to approach the A.J. Brown owner and see if you can get a deal done. Like, hasn't A.J. Brown always done this? Like, he did it in Tennessee, too, right? Yeah. He'd have huge games and then kind of nothing. But the talent and the ability for A.J. Brown, I don't think we should have expected – any more than he's given us, to be honest. I think he's given us as much as we should have expected so far, and I think he's still going to have huge, huge games going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I think this is a classic A.J. Brown thing to do. Um, it is funny, as I was looking week in, we got the rankings of where Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown were. Like A.J. Brown was up super high, and that's kind of coming back down towards the middle while Devontae Smith's going up, and they're going to be pretty close soon. Yep. I mean, what did uh, Smith had – uh, 11 targets. That's so great. I mean, it's just so great to, to see that because obviously they invested a first round pick in him. They, you know, they, this is a guy that was supposed to be, you know, the receiver and they go and bring along AJ Brown and he had a couple good weeks early on. But if you have, especially if you have Jalen Hurts too, I think seeing Jalen Hurts toss the board, uh, ball more is great. I know he's been effective running the ball, but now that he's getting more comfortable in the pocket and throwing in Nick Sirianni's offense, that's a great sign for that. And I, I think Devontae Smith could be a guy that, you you know maybe took later than especially in most drafts later than AJ Brown and he's going to be awesome the, down the stretch run I think he just he's a dynamic player there's a reason why he won the Heisman and I think AJ Brown's always going to be there he'll be solid but I would not be shocked by season's end if they're uh, if they kind of flip flop where they are in terms of uh, fantasy rankings. Speaking of two great receivers, um, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, is it possible that? <laughs> Skylar Thompson is going to prove that Tyreek Hill is not quarterback proof. What are we doing here? Tua Tagovailoa is still uh, not ready for football activities. Teddy Bridgewater in concussion protocol. What in the world are we going to do with these Dolphins? I think it's clear now that Raheem Mostert is the leader for this backfield. That is the one piece of information we can count on. If Raheem Mostert is still available on your waiver wire, Go get him. Chase Edmonds, no more than a flex start uh, in bye weeks at this point. But what in the world are we going to do with Jalen Waddell and Tyree Kill? And just in general, this offense, I mean, what a blow for the Dolphins. I, yeah, I mean, the Mostert thing, totally agree on that. That's that's by far the minute that I, you know, read Tua can't even do football activities yet, and they put uh, Teddy Bridgewater in concussion protocol i mean you also because of the what happened with uh tua you know that teddy b is going to 
they're going to be way more careful with him than um, mm-hmm. than normal. And uh, and I hope you know both those players obviously recover full health and get back there because the Dolphins are a fun team to watch. You know, I was reading stuff from Dolphins, um, you know, bloggers, beat writers said a lot of people wanted Skylar Thompson to be two as immediate backup, not. Teddy Bridgewater. So when some people said, oh, he's quarterback three, he's really not. And I was like, uh, all right, if you say so. But I mean, Teddy B's, you know, proven himself that he could be a competent uh, quarterback there. My guess is Tyreek could be quarterback proof because he's a player that if he gets the ball in his hands, he could take it to the house himself. Now, is he going to have better games with Skylar Thompson, uh, who's, you know, a, a more mobile quarterback? I don't think so I think Tua, like him and Tua together, are that's a great uh, match. But I, I think that, you know, and it's not just – a lot of people still have him ranked in the top five this week for, for a PPR receiver. So I, I guess my line of thinking is I don't think he'll be that good this week, but I still don't – I don't think I would bench him by any stretch. Um, in terms of Waddle, I think the same thing. I would not expect – I mean, maybe if you have a stacked receiving bench and you, you don't feel good about it, then – go ahead but um i think i would probably start both and just expect a tick below what they normally do yeah I, a tick or two yeah i would say who are they facing this week oh minnesota yeah, yeah it could right. be okay and i think it's gonna it be, be it'll okay, be a high scoring right. game uh the total in that one was yeah. higher than some of the other games where they at now uh they're 45 oh, and a half there's a, there's a ton of like 38s, 42s, 43s. So this this Dolphin, they expect a lot of scoring, a lot of offense in this one. Um, if the Dolphins do score the ball, it's you, you got to figure Tyreek Hill is going to be involved in some way. So I think he's. I mean, we're all just living for this Buffalo Kansas City game this week, right? I mean, one. like we're just all just going through the motions until we can finally watch Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes again. I mean, this is going to be epic. I don't know why it's not the Sunday night game. I mean, I appreciate Dallas Philadelphia being the Sunday night game, mm-hmm. but. Mm, I don't think it's going to be as good. We we shall see. Let's talk about a couple waiver wire targets that we haven't talked about. Um, we talked about Geno Smith. I think Carson Wentz is maybe usable if you have to. Not this week. I don't like him versus the Bears, but I do kind of like Justin Fields as a sneaky sneaky play. Um, receivers. Alec Pierce. He looked good on Thursday. I think uh, we talked about the receiving yards prop for him over 38 and a half. He smashed that prop easily. He's now had over 60 receiving yards, three games in a row. And he was playing fewer than 50% of the snaps, but this week he played 60%. Ashton Doolin left with a foot injury. That's only going to help out Alec Pearson. Though we're not high on Matt Ryan, I think we can be high on Alec Pearson. He's someone you should put in your waiver wire claims for. Yeah, some other uh, guys that I was looking at, you know, um, Rondell Moore had a pretty solid game, too, for the uh, Cardinals. Seven of eight targets. I like that a lot. Um, I This one's – I'm not advocating to do this at receiver, but if you want a guy that will lead the team and probably targets, catches, and receiving yards, I know they're versing a a tough Ravens defense, although they're not as great on the the passing – Darius Slayton, whenever he plays for the Giants, um, the most, you know, when he plays a full game and he plays a, a, a large percentage of snaps, Daniel Jones also plays better. They're, they He yeah. has the best connection he with him. It. And I know Slayton has kind of dropped off the last few I seasons. I knew you were going to do it. But he had a I great game. He Did had you a see great my game. tweet on Sunday? I said, we're going to have to talk about Slayton yeah. being a fantasy pickup, aren't we? I knew it. I knew you would do it. I, and I, I'm not um, saying he's not going to be, he's not going to have a 20 plus point game. But I think if, you, if you have tons of injuries, 
no, you know, you don't have a lot of guys available to pick up. If maybe your league is very sharp and took him, uh, I'm just saying that if you look, it, Wondell Robinson and Tony probably aren't going to play. Kenny Galladay's still out. Um, I think the whole Richie James Sills experiment's not really working out. Slayton is a guy that Daniel Jones is comfortable with, and he had his first 200 yard passing game because of Darius Slayton. So I think if you need like a backup, 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 backup flex option. Okay, I'm only giving you crap because. I actually kind of like Darius Slayton. I've always kind of liked him. He's a wide receiver one on the Giants depth chart. Like, he's going to be the guy, so. I've always kind of liked him. It's really risky and really scary. But, guys, Daniel Jones looks a lot better. I mean, he started out that game, and we're like, oh, Daniel Jones doesn't look good. And by the time it was over, he looked really, really good. And I think Brian Dable is a really smart coach, and he's going to find a way give his quarterback every opportunity he can. And let's not forget the fact that Daniel Jones always has rushing upside. Mm-hmm. So he's not going to be like giving you a consistent floor all the time. You're going to have total bombs of a week. But if you have to stream somebody in a bye week, I think there are worse choices than Daniel Jones, who has the opportunity to sometimes put up a pretty big week just with his rushing ability. And yeah, if his passing can get back on tech at track and if he feels comfortable with Darius Slayton, I mean, right now Darius Slayton's a lot better than Kenny Galladay. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think with Jones, I mean, obviously only three passing touchdowns, but the rush, like you said, the rushing uh, attack that he brings, like he's just playing way more comfortably. He just seems like whether that's because of the coaching staff, which it definitely is, is that because of the um, the slightly improved offensive line? I think as time goes on, and Evan Neal, their you know their first round pick is only going to get better at right tackle. Andrew Thomas, him being the best graded player in all of pro football focus is pretty remarkable at left tackle. They're going to get back Nick Gates eventually, who was a huge, um, a huge piece in the interior offensive line. They needed that. And I think obviously whenever Wondell Robinson, the second round pick and Kadarius Tony comes back, it's only going to make life easier. He was, he led this team to being four and one with, like I said before, Richie James and David Sills and Bellinger. And like they barely used uh, Darius Slayton and Kenny Galladay's out there, but he's a traffic cone. So it's just like he, he, and he has the most comebacks this year. He has three comebacks. Like no other quarterback in the league this year has that. He's playing, he's not turning the ball over. He's playing comfortably. He will use his legs when he needs to, and he'll make the smart passes. Um, again, this is if you have to start somebody that's, you know, let's just say Geno Smith and the other quarterbacks that we mentioned are take on the waiver wires. He's not a, a terrible option. Um, and they do have some pretty easy games coming up, you know, in the middle of the road. So uh, I feel good about Daniel Jones going forward. Nor is Zach Wilson either at this point. Guys, I just want to say like the, the Mariners are up four to nothing on over Justin Verlander and the Houston Astros. And based on what happened in this earlier game, Philly's up seven to three versus Atlanta Braves. I think we have to consider whether the idea of giving a team a bye week is a good idea in baseball or whether it actually works to their disadvantage because they get out of the swing of things. Baseball is the kind of game that should be played every single day and to stop that momentum. And then you have all these wild card teams coming through with all the momentum. I think this could end up backfiring. For, you know, the teams that earned their way in, but we'll see, whatever. Now I'm just, I'm grumpy. I'm grumpy. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after this quick break. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. 
better because it has to be. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Okay, let's go to our let's go to our questions, Eddie. I think we had a few questions because we're already almost out of time. I don't know how this happens. We do have a bunch of questions. I'm just going to go in the order of what I saw everyone reply. So we got the first question coming in from Dave G nine nine three. He's asking. It's a PPR league. He needs two out of four to start. David Montgomery, uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., Melvin Gordon, or George Pickens. Thank you. Ooh, okay, Melvin Gordon. Yeah, you need to start because it's versus the Chargers. It's a great matchup, and he's uh, in the the Chargers are very generous with rushing yards. And then um, I think you also need to go David Montgomery. I think those are the two I would go with. I love George Pickens. I think he's going to be great in this offense, um, but there's still things to be worked out. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., you know, always a good start too, but just the matchups are a little bit better for Melvin Gordon and David Montgomery. Uh, next question up here is from uh, Lolo Hefe. Um, not really a question, more just a comment. Uh, Russ is my QB and he isn't cooking. Uh, you replied, so Jen, good. go get Gino. But um, I don't know if you want to take a minute to talk about Russ or other quarterback waiver wires. Yeah, I think the, the deal with Russ is now we know that he's been playing with an injury mm-hmm. too. We know that there's a problem with this head coach who doesn't know how to call a football game or make a plan. Um we saw that he's still very accurate with his deep passes. I mean, you know, he can still throw the ball deep. So I'm not dropping Russ. Do not drop Russ. Do whatever you can to keep Russ. But in the meantime, if you don't feel comfortable starting him, especially when he has a Monday night game, like we're going to wait and then find out at the last minute he's not 100%. I think this week is the week that you want to at least try to start someone else. And if you can get Geno Smith, he's the guy. All right. Um, next question here. It's coming from Timothy Miller. He's asking Boone Robinson uh, or Najee. He needs to sit one of those three. Mike Boone, actually, again, a great matchup versus the Chargers, and he got a lot of work. He got that, you know, Javante Williams role, basically. It looked pretty good because he had a lot of passing work. I'm actually going to sit Najee just this week. Uh, because the matchup is so tough versus the Bucks, and we'll just see what happens. Brian Robinson did lead the commander's backfield. Also not a, an amazing matchup, but the Bears have allowed the fifth most rushing yards to opposing running backs. Uh, on the topic of Najee, uh, we have Jason Romanell tweeted and asked, uh, when will Najee start playing like a first-round draft pick, which we you know talked discussed about a little bit before. 
he may never play like a first round draft pick, but I think he will at least play up to a second or third round draft pick. And right now with what we've got going on at the running back position, he's still a valuable asset. And uh, we got a question from Brad uh, at CB Silva 08. He's asking, is it uh, too early to worry about Michael Pittman Jr.? Yes, way too early. He's still playing the bulk of the snaps. He's still getting the most of the targets. You know, we need to worry a little bit about Matt Ryan, but ultimately I think Pittman is going to be fine. Right now, you know, teams are able to take him out and concentrate on him, but the better Alec Pierce gets, which we're counting on, I think it will be better for both of them. And plus, once Jonathan Taylor's back, it'll be a lot easier on him as well. And uh, I I just did a quick refresh. I think that's all all of our questions. So thanks, everyone, who tweeted uh, at Jen uh, at Extra Point Spot, too. We'll track them down, answer all your questions. Uh, You want to ask through Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, you can do that, too. Uh, You can find Extra Points Pod on there. So uh, we'll definitely get to the mailbag every week. Every week we will get to the mailbag because, um, like I said, we want this podcast to be for you. We want to make sure that we are getting you guys the info that you need. I want to mention also one more tight end to pick up. We talked about Taysom Hill, but I do think we should consider Hayden Hurst at this point. Mm -hmm. He looks fully healthy. Um, He's playing more than ever with the Bengals. He's running routes. He's getting targeted. He got a touchdown this week. And if T. Higgins really is banged up, if he's gimpy on his ankle – there's going to be plenty for Hayden Hurst as well. He's available on a lot of waiver wire. So that's a thin position. That's someone you can definitely look for. Okay, guys. I think that's going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, we've got the arcade going at extrapoints.com slash arcade. So if you want to play the Pick'em contest with us, be sure you do. You can easily beat Eddie and I because we suck. <laughs> yeah. um, and so you can, we'll even let you come on here and brag about it maybe. I don't know. Eddie, we were not bad last year. We were one of the better No, we were good. Pickers. We were very, very good what last happened? year. We, we were good at How everything last Martin- year. I'm really disturbed. Martin's and, doing really well. Brother Bryce skyrocketing. Yeah. Hench is skyrocketing. It's been, uh, it's, I blame, I don't blame <laughs> us, Jen. I blame is the NFL and parody and, and offense is not being good and uh, players. I also want to say this is a lesson in when you bet, you don't have to bet every game. If you don't feel good about it, then don't bet it yeah. or bet your angle, bet the point total or bet a player prop, right? Yes. Bet whatever you think is really going to play. Like if you're like, if you have to pick, uh, like we do, I'm sorry, um, because sometimes you, it's just it's no. Yeah, good. I wish we had a pass on Don't some some, some of these games that we have to pick, and and we have to do them early in the week too. Obviously, lines change before <laughs> Sunday morning. Like I just want to like I want to write back terrible. to Toby and Sal like I'm passing on these like three games because I have no feel for them whatsoever. <laughs> Can I just be like, um, I'll take the under. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I just get it right back. Yeah, I'd be like, no choice, under. <laughs> yeah, so it's hard, people. Give us some All sympathy. Right. Yeah, give us some sympathy. Feel bad for us because what we are is we're sharks and we're going to come back in the end and make a big comeback and no one will have seen it coming. And by the way, that's the same thing you can do in your fantasy football because even if you're one and four, you have time. You have time to rack up points. Injuries happen. Things happen. You're going to be smart on the waiver wire. We're going to be here for you. You can always tweet us at Extra Points Pod, at that Eddie Murphy, at Jen Piacenti. This is a podcast for the people, by the people. It's all yours. Go enjoy it. Go crush your matchups this week. We'll catch you next time.
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.